K's Nation, your boy Kendrick and the Dreadlock Butter here back with another show. I just want to say first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to every one of you who celebrate Thanksgiving. Hopefully you guys got your fill of food, turkey, ham, whatever it is you guys like to eat on Thanksgiving. I had one plate and I was pretty much done Thanksgiving night. So needless to say, I have enough left over to last me for maybe the next day or two so or whatever. I don't know, that's neither here nor there, but in any case... Hope you guys had a tremendous Thanksgiving. I hope you guys got to chill out, relax, chill with family. If you guys were happen were traveling to stay with family and stuff, I know Big Bovid popping up back again, putting some restrictions on a lot of things. So if you got to spend time with family, that's cool. If you didn't, hopefully you got those Zoom calls in, those WebEx video calls, whatever you guys are using to video call each other. Hopefully those were the waves for you guys. You guys at least got to see other family members, other family members, no matter where they lived. Of course, I know I haven't done a show in like the past week or two or so. I was kind of taking a break. I'm kind of going to be winding down as the year comes to a close and stuff. I'll probably drop a couple more shows. There's a couple of things I did promise that I was going to do here. So I'm going to try to get those out the way before the end of December hits. So I'm going to be working over the next few days or so to get those things lined up and out to you. But it's often that I'm going to be kind of winding down and I'll probably come back towards the end of January starting next year. It all depends, of course, depends because I got a couple of things in the works right now. So I'm just looking at my schedule and just trying to figure out how to basically space these things out and figure out. You know, who's going to be next to come on the show. Uh, shameless plugs. All of my social media platforms are in the description box. If you know where to find me, then definitely find me. Whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, all those things. All those can be found in the description box. So definitely give me a shout out there. And of course, if you're listening to this on your podcast streaming service, Definitely hit the follow button if there is a follow button. And continue to, you know, check out the show. You know, I try to bring a whole bunch of different things to the show on, a, I mean, whenever I can, basically. So, if you like what you see or if you like what you hear, let me know. I mean, it definitely boosts my confidence up into the show. And we can just keep the show going. So, I do plan on being a little bit more consistent starting next year. So, if there's anything you guys would like for me to talk about on the show, please, you're welcome to sh- suggest those things to me any way you possibly can. You know, whether it's a comment on the last podcast stream or if it's on my social media platforms, please feel free to do so. And if you would like to call in, I am slowly working on that feature where you guys can call in and share thoughts on a given subject that I'm talking about during the show live. So, all that being said... Thanks for much, thank you so much for tuning in, and we're just going to jump right in. So, I decided to take a stroll down memory lane and visit the realm of comic books. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm 36 years old, so I've seen a lot of things happen within the comic book world. Um, again, I'm taking the dive back into memory lane, back into the 90s, back when DC and Marvel was still relatively peaceful so to speak but at some point in the mid 90s they had decided to join up and collaborate in a marvel versus dc comic book series 
Um, there is one where it's Marvel versus DC. I believe that was the Marvel side drawing the comics. And then there was another issue called DC versus Marvel, which is where DC drew the com a lot of the comics. So basically, it was another crossover event, as most comic book story arcs have. And basically, long story short, the amount um, um Marvel vs. DC was a joint comic book series, short series, that focused on DC versus Marvel. You know, at that point, many people have been clamoring to um, see the two titans of comic book industry collaborate with each other. And that's where we got. So essentially, it came down to the physical manifestation of Marvel and the physical manifestation of DC, which were two brothers on a cosmic level, decided to, you know, put their universes against each other. And I don't remember, like, all the specific details and stuff, but I do remember there were a great deal of battles that took place between those issues. Now, one of the biggest things to come out of the Marvel vs. DC, DC vs. Marvel comic book um, series was the creation of the Amalgam Comics universe. The Amalgam Comics universe is a combination of both DC and Marvel, where a lot of the characters were fused together to create a whole new set of characters for the Amalgam universe. Now, the Amalgam Comics universe didn't last very long. Um, it was only like a couple of issues. We got a lot of one-shots um, and just a lot of concept characters that were created. For instance, many of you guys who know about the Amalgam Comics universe know the character known as the Dark Claw. The Dark Claw was essentially the fusion of Batman and Wolverine. Very interesting. We had the Iron Lantern, which pit, which put Tony Stark's Iron Man up with the Green Lanterns. Uh, you had Super Soldier, which was, of course, Captain America and Superman fused together. You had the Amazing Amazon, which put Wonder Woman and Storm together as one character. You had the Hyena, which was a combination of the Joker and Sabretooth. You had... Um, yeah, I mean, we, we had a number of... um character fusions that came up it was a very interesting take that marvel and dc took many of which garnered like it probably wasn't as big at the time as it did as it was now because right now it has a fairly decent cult following um there's a lot of people that bring up the amalgam comics universe up a great deal some of which myself included would like for them to actually revisit that or maybe redo it you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, they could redo it, they could update it, they could do, like, a part two to the series. But for some reason, that just seems to be something Marvel and DC are not interested in doing, for whatever reason. I'm hoping they, um, you know, change their minds at some point in the near future. Because I think a lot of people would love to see either an Amalgam Comics, you know, rev revision or an Amalgam Comics sequel so to speak, you know, so I was thinking about this a lot because I just thought about a lot of the characters that came from the Amalgam universe, you know, the Dark Claw, the Super Soldier, you know, the Amazing Amazon, you know, he had Sparrow, who was a combination of um, Robin and Jubilee, we had Spider-Boy, which is a combination of Superboy and Spider-Man, you know, we had so many different um, character combinations, some which fit pretty well and some that kind of didn't make too much sense so i wanted to try my hand at doing a redo of a lot of the 
Amalgam Comics Universe characters. Now, I'm not going to be ta- I'm not going to be talking about every Amalgam Universe character, and I'm not going to be talking about every DC character and every Marvel Comics character, because that would make this video like almost like maybe <laughs> three, five. I'm just, it, might, it could it'll probably take me a day. To go, not, not even a day, like maybe two days or so to try to like map out every single character from the DC universe, every single character from the Marvel universe, and try to figure out who would fit best with who. Like what would be the perfect fusion of said characters. So what I did was I compiled a list of 30 superheroes and about 16 supervillains and antiheroes. Um, maybe at some point, um, I was trying to get some people to come in on this and join with and collaborate with me on this, but a lot of people didn't take, a lot of people didn't bite. So maybe at some point next year, maybe I'll revisit this again and we can probably do an in, a more in-depth redo of the Amalgam Comics universe and, you know, just try to nab every single character from DC Every single, well, every single major character from DC and every single major character from Marvel and try to fuse those characters together. But the names I picked are just ones that, off the top of my head, I thought would make a better combination. Now, there are going to be some elements that are incorporated into these characters, such, and I'm mainly one of the elements is a lot of the live action characters that exist. So, anything from the DCEU, anything from the Marvel use. Marvel Cinematic Universe from the MCU, even things from, you know, the Netflix series, uh, the CW, you know, I took a lot of those, you know, characters in, in, in those universes into account, and I kind of threw them in here also, so, you know, take with that for what you will, but at any case, we're going to just jump right in, and we're going to start with the heroes first, so these are how I would redo a lot some of the amalgam comics universe characters so we're going to start off with one this actually doesn't really need to be changed this actually this is actually the one that actually makes the most sense and that is a super soldier um that is a combination of clark kent and steve rogers um i mean i'll give probably a little bit of a backstory because a lot of the characters didn't have backstories so you know in the original amalgam comics universe um Clark Kent, they kept the name Clark Kent, was a soldier. He was like he, he it was pretty much it was pretty much it's pretty much more along the lines of the Steve Rogers um origin, with the exception of the super soldier serum being, you know, derived from Kryptonian DNA. So essentially Steve Rogers was given, you know, the super soldier serum that had Kryptonian DNA, which gave him the powers of pretty much of Superman. So it's pretty much going to be the same thing. Again, like I said, this is probably the one character that made the most, like, 1,000% 1,000% sense of the entire Amalgam universe. Like, the Super Soldier was pretty much it. You know, pretty much Captain America and Superman are practically the same characters. You know, they are practically the same character, and they're both respective universes, so... That's what I didn't change. The only thing I did change was just the name. You know, I just gave him the name of Captain Steve and Joseph Kent. That's it. You know, Clark's Clark Kent's real name is Clark Joseph Kent. Steve Rogers, Steve, Captain America's name is Stephen Rogers. So I just gave him the name Stephen Joseph Kent. That was pretty much it. Now, number two, I wanted to, 
I combined the two foremost characters that again just made the most sense to me also. So I created the Iron Bat, which is a combination of Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark. So the character's name is Bruce Edward Stark. Um, now again, like I said, in the Amalgam universe, Bruce Wayne was come was combined with Wolverine and he became Logan Wayne. The only reason I think that character was ever created was because of the fact that the character just looks cool. If you ever seen a picture of the Dark Claw, the Dark Claw just looks pretty freaking awesome. A combination of Batman and Wolverine, like, it, 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 it looks cool. And I think that's what they were going with at the time. It just looks cool, but their backstories aren't that similar at all. I mean, and it could be argued that Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark's backstories aren't the same, but, you know, it, they're, I mean, again, you got to consider the fact they're both rich guys. They're both heads of big companies, and they both lost their parents. So, and the and the with the idea of Bruce Edward Stark, you know, Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark are combined together, and basically, much like Bruce Wayne, he loses his parents at a very young age. You know, they are of course murdered. Um, so what ends up happening is Bruce still travels around the world. Or Bruce Stark still travels around the world learning different forms of martial arts, but he also really takes a hand in technology and science, much like Tony Stark does. So, of course, when he comes back, he creates, you know, Stark Industries or Stark Enterprises, and he actually becomes a manufacturer of weapons. And once he is captured and almost like, again, this is kind of going off of the movie, you know, he is forced to rebuild a weapon for an enemy. He decides that this is his chance to really make things right after his life is saved. So when he comes back, you know, he creates the Iron Bat's armor, you know, because Batman's suit is a is eventually is essentially armor at this point. You know, it's not like in the early days of comics where it was just a skin tight suit and, you know, a cape and, and a cowl. You know, Batman's outfit is essentially armor right now. And he's had many different types of armored suits, much like Tony Stark has had many different types of armored suits. So it just made sense for me to combine the two. So now he has like a legit bat armor that allows him to, you know, essentially fly. He still does the things like, you know, grappling hooks, things like that. He still has all the gadgets and stuff, but they're a lot more high tech than they would if it wasn't, if it was just Bruce Wayne by himself, you know, so... I combined Tony Stark and Batman and they created the Iron Bat. So moving on to number three, we have the Marvelous Wonder. And this was something I, like, I kind of understood why they combined Wonder Woman and Storm. I understood why they did it, but at the same time, to me, it kind of doesn't fit. Now, granted, it probably would have made more sense for me to combine wonder woman and thor because they're both kind of like godly type figures you know thor's from asgard wonder woman's from themyscira and the, i mean the themyscira kind of follows the pantheon of the greek gods and asgard pretty much follows the um, pantheon of the um norse gods but i wanted to save that for something i saved thor for something else so we'll get to that later but i wanted to combine carol danvers basically Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman together. Now, granted, the trinity for both DC and Marvel, respectively, is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Those are the big three for both respective universes. But 
since it was kind of established, especially in the MCU, that Carol or Captain Marvel was essentially the first superhero, kind of, so to speak, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I kind of went with that because in the DC Cinematic Universe, technically, Wonder Woman is kind of like the first superhero. She's existed years before the arrival of Superman and Batman. So that's kind of what I went with that. So it's just to give a little bit of a backstory. So Carol, you know, on her mission to, you know, do what she does, you know, instead of being, you know, approached by alien Marvel, she, she lands in Themyscira and it's there that she becomes like the Wonder Woman of Themyscira. So she be, she's an outsider that becomes Wonder Woman. So that's kind of the idea where I got with that. And, you know, she still has the powers of Wonder Woman, but she also, a lot of those powers, to, so basically her powers derive from Marvel. So she has the powers of Marvel as well. So still has the lasso of truth, things like that, but they are carved from like alien technology. So that's where I went with, you know, you know, the Marvelous Wonder. So that's why I called it, I called it the Marvelous Wonder. Instead of just being Wonder Woman, you know, it's Carol of Themyscira. So it's Carol Danvers and Diana Prince mixed up. The next one, again, to me, which is something I'm surprised they didn't do, which the, but this one just pretty much makes more sense to me, is the Emerald Nova Corps. So it's the Green Lanterns and the Nova Corps. They're both pretty much the same thing. The Green Lantern are the DC Universe's space cops, and the Nova Corps are the Marvel Universe's space cops. That's pretty much what they are. So why not just combine to do and create just one huge galactic police force? with the Emerald Nova Corps. So that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, they still are the Green Lantern rings and things like that. But, you know, there's many different cores that exist. So that's pretty much what I did. The next one, of course, which was kind of just a no-brainer, you know, I created Silver Streak, which is a combination of Barry Allen and Pietro Maximoff, you know, The Flash and Quicksilver. So, you know, given the name Bartholomew Allen Maximoff, you know, Barry, Barry Maximoff, you know, has had latent, you know, super speed mutant powers, but it wasn't until he came into contact with the speed force that his powers like fully awakened. So, you know, rather than having being, you know, like a red, having a red outfit, there's probably something like silver, like something, maybe something similar to like Godspeed's, you know, outfit, or even like Savitar from the series, you know, from the Flash series. But, to me, just combine the two speedsters. It that just makes sense. And of course, this is another one that's a no-brainer. We have the Aquamariner, which is, you know, Namor, the Submariner, and Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. Again, they're both pretty much the same thing. They're both kings of Atlantis. You know, Arthur Curry is the king of Atlantis in DC. Namor's the king of Atlantis in Marvel. There you go. Just give him the name Namor Curry or something like that. And there you go. The next one, I took a bit of an interesting turn. So I combined Luke Cage and Victor Stone to just create Cyborg. He's still going to create, he's still going to be called Cyborg, but his name is going to be Lucas Stone. Of course, we all know the story of Victor Stone. You know, he comes into contact with, you know, depending on where you read, he either comes into contact with a mother box or a father box, and it grafts himself to his body and essentially turns him into a living computer. Luke Cage was subject to um, experiments that pretty much turned his body into a ne nearly indestructible force where he's bulletproof, 
He can punch through anything. He can take any type of hit. He's 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 power man. He's basically power man. So I think it would be smart where you know something on along the lines where instead of the father box, you know, altering the outside of Victor Stone, maybe it alters his internal. Maybe it alters the inside of his body. So on the outside, he looks like a regular human being. It's very similar to the way they depicted Cyborg in Smallville, where you couldn't tell that he had, like, machine parts in him. Unless you were Superman and you could x-ray his body. You know, the Smallville version of Cyborg didn't look like Cyborg from the comic books that we know and love. He just looked normal until he actually did something. So... It would be the same thing for this one. So you would basically have Luke Cage and Victor Stone combined together to become Lucas Stone, a.k.a. the Cyborg or Power Borg or something like that. And he wouldn't look like Cyborg. He'd just look normal, something like that. So these are a couple of ones I started, just started picking out, you know, out of the um, hat. You know, I got the Azure icon, and this is where I combined Augustus Freeman, also known as Icon, in the... Milestone universe, and then you have Adam Brashear, who is the blue icon, who is almost similar to like a Superman type character in Marvel. I just combined the two, you know. So now you have the Azure icon, which is basically blue Marvel and icon mashed together. That that, that I think that kind of just writes itself. So I mean, if I had to pick a suit, it'd probably be like icon suit, but just blue or something like that. Maybe, you know. Um, I mean, guys, if you guys know, you know, Augustus Freeman is is, is is much like Superman, is like an alien that came from space. You know, he landed on Earth during the time of slavery, and he adopted the persona of an African-American man. So he continued to live out throughout his life because he's essentially immortal. So he continued to live, and he just kept, he just kept his name, and he just kept attaching a new, you know, title at the end of it. So... He'd be Augustus, he would be Augustus Freeman, Jr., the third, fourth, the fifth. He just came in. That's how he would explain his longevity. He would just essentially adopt himself as, basically portray himself to be a son of the previous Augustus Freeman. Of course, Adam Brashear, you know, he comes from the Marvel Universe. He's probably one of the smartest, strongest characters in Marvel, but they don't give him a lot of play for some reason. I'm still holding out hope that we can one day get like a Blue Marvel movie or maybe a TV show or something like that. I'd like to see him come out in live action form, but we'll probably have to wait on that one. But as far as the um, Amalgam Comics redo, you get the Azure icon, you know, Adam Augustus Brashear, Augustus Freeman and Adam Brashear fused together. Now... The next one is actually going to be interesting because, again, kind of following along the lines of the MCU, where Peter Parker is kind of like Iron Man's Robin, but not, so to speak. So we have Nightcrawler. So Nightcrawler is not who you think it is, whereas not Kurt Wagner. Nightcrawler, and this one is Timothy, I mean, this Peter Benjamin Grayson. So I combine Peter Parker and Dick Grayson together. To me, that makes the most sense. So, like, once, um, so Peter Benjamin Grayson, once he decides to leave 
the Iron Bats, you know, side, he'd be establishing himself as his own superhero, essentially becoming Nightcrawler. So, again, of course, took the name Nightwing and added the Wallcrawler moniker to it. So, that's how that version of Nightcrawler is born. I, I think it would be an interesting take to see, you know, Peter Parker, a Peter Parker decoration fusion together because if we really think about it, Peter Parker is probably one of the most recognizable, most relatable, and one of the most successful superheroes from the Marvel Universe. Dick Grayson, by all accounts, for many people, is considered to be one of the best Robins to ever hold the mantle of Robin. I myself am a big fan of Tim Drake, but that's just me. But a lot of people hold Dick Grayson in high regard. So why not take the two best young characters and mash them together? So that's what I did. So we have the Nightcrawler, which is Peter Benjamin Grayson, Peter Parker, and Dick Grayson fused together. Following along that same line, we're going to move right into someone by the name of Slinger, which is Timothy Morales, or Tim Drake and Miles Morales combined. Now, granted, there aren't too many people that wear the mantle of Spider-Man, with the exception of, you know, all the Spider-Mans from the multiverse. Um, you have Miles Morales, you have Ben Riley, who is a, pretty much a Spider-Man clone. Not too many people really wear the mantle of Spider-Man, save for Miles Morales. So, you know... And since a lot of people relate to Miles Morales a great deal, especially with the release of Miles Morales, the game for PS4 and PS5, to me, it makes sense to take, you know, the second best Robin or the one a lot of people, like a very small mind, a very small group of people that really enjoy and take one of the most popular second iterations of Spider-Man, which is Miles Morales. So there you go. So they, they're, the, they're the second people to become you know, like Robin's quote-unquote to the Iron Bat, but I gave him the name Slinger because, you know, Spider-Man is also called the Web Slinger, so, you know, that's what he does. He just slings his web, so that's what we did. So next we got the Iron Huntress, which is a combination of Helena Wayne and Morgan Stark. Morgan Stark, of course, in the MCU is Tony Stark's and Pepper Potts' daughter. Helena Wayne, in some iterations, in some comics, is the daughter of Bruce Wayne and Catwoman. Um, I know Huntress is usually goes by the name of Helena Bertinelli, who is the daughter of a crime family. But in some instances, Helena Wayne is actually um, the Huntress. Actually, most notably in the um, DC's um, Earth 2 from the New 52, DC's Earth 2 comic book series, which is one of my favorite comic book series, actually. If you guys haven't read it yet, you guys should definitely check it out. In that universe, you know, Helena Wayne was Robin. She was Robin up until the death of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And then when she came back, she adopted the mantle of the Huntress. So it would pretty much stand a reason that this is probably falling the same. So Helena Morgan Stark becomes the Iron Huntress, you know, sometime after, not even after the death of the Iron Bat. You know, she just becomes the Iron Huntress because she wants to take a you know, vigilante work as well. So, next we have Doctor Strange Fate, which was another one that actually made sense too, which was, it was, but in, in the original Malcolm comics, it was a combination of Kent Nelson, Stephen Strange, and for some reason, Professor Xavier. I, I, I don't know why that was a thing, but in this instance, I'm just going to keep those two separate, so you're going to have 
Dr. Ken, St Ken Strange, which is Kent Nelson, and Stephen Strange combined. So that's pretty much what I did. So there's really not much explanation to go from there. I just took out, excuse me, Professor X from the equation. So next we have Sparrow. So Sparrow is a combination, of course, of Clint Barton and Oliver Queen. You know, so Clinton Queen, who is a supernaturally gifted archer. You know, he takes on the name Sparrow. So, you know, I had to figure out a way between Green Arrow and Hawkeye. And since, you know, Clint Barton's title is called Hawkeye, I figured something go with something another something else a little bird related. So we created the name Sparrow. Um, not sure whether it was purple or some purple or green or something in between. Not really sure. But again, I took the two archers from the Marvel two archers from Marvel DC and combined those two together. Now this next one is actually something that I um, gave had to give a lot of thought to because I think in the original Amalgam universe, the Hulk was, um, I think he was fused with Solomon Grundy or something like that. Something to that effect. I don't really remember, but I basically took a lot of the big green characters and fused them together. So instead of like the Hulk, we have the Avatar, which is Dr. Alec David Salas. So you got Alec Holland, who is Swamp Thing. You have Bruce Banner, who was the Hulk, and then you have Ted Salas, which is the man thing. In the original Amalgam universe, the man thing was combined with the man bat for some unknown reason. I don't know why they did that. So I took that out and I combined all three. Since Alec Holland and Ted Salas are essentially the same character, Swamp Thing and Man Thing are almost the same thing. You know, Swamp Thing is the avatar for the green. Man Thing is pretty much the guardian of the nexus of the universe. And Hulk is a big green range monster. So, what I wanted to do was I wanted to combine these three. So, where, like, you know, not only is the Avatar, the, 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 the name Avatar basically came from the fact that he's the guardian of the green, which also means he's guardian of the nexus of the universe. And as opposed to just being in that form all the time, they have the added bonus of turning back into an actual, an actual human. So it can be something where, because, you know, Bruce Brandon's thing is like when he becomes the Hulk, the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. So now, and the main thing is that, like, you know, people, he, he is able to burn people to the touch if they have any fear. So maybe it's a thing where it's like, you know, the more afraid you are of him, the more dangerous he becomes. And the only thing that can, the, maybe the only weakness that he might have is like if you destroy anything Earth related. So I could have went a number of ways with this because I was also thinking about um, Poison Ivy. I was thinking, I was thinking about Poison Ivy a lot because of the fact that, you know, she to a degree, is almost an avatar of the green also in the DC universe, even though they don't talk about it a lot. You know, so I thought about maybe combining her with um, Ted Salas, you know, becoming, you know, becoming some kind of avatar or some kind of nexus guardian or something like that. You know, it, it was a lot to consider. I may revisit this one again and tweak it a little bit because 
again swamp thing and poison ivy are almost kind of the same feature kind of the same feature. then you also got to consider the floronic man from the dc universe so there's a lot to consider there's definitely a lot to consider so you know that's something you know i might have to revisit again but again as far as it says, the Avatar is a combination of Alec Holland, Bruce Banner, and Ted Salas. So you got Dr. Alec David Salas together. So this is what I did with Thor. So I don't know if you guys remember the old Incredible Hulk movies. Um, there was one where the Incredible Hulk actually meets up with Thor. But also, to that effect, the original iteration of Thor was essentially almost, it was almost like you know, Captain, it was almost like Shazam, where a person found Mjolnir, a person found Thor's hammer, and they would do something where they held the hammer up or something like that, they would transform into Thor. <laughs> that was, of course, they before they revamped Thor and gave him the whole Asgardian, Norse gods mythology type deal. But in the beginning, the beginning stages of Thor, that's how it worked. Of course, we all know Billy Batson, who is Shazam in the DC Universe. That's pretty much how it works. He's granted the powers of, you know, Greek gods. And by yelling the word Shazam, he becomes Shazam. So that's pretty much what I did. So I combined Shazam and Thor because to me, that kind of makes the most sense. Now, like I said, I know it would probably make the most sense to add to combine Wonder Woman and Thor together, but... To me, that's a little bit different. So, so I felt like this would probably be more in line with that. You know, so say Billy Batson stumbles upon Mjolnir for some at some point, and he deemed he's deemed to be worthy to carry it. But instead of transforming into um, Thor right away when he picks it up, he has to yell the name Thor, and that's when he transforms into Thor or something like that. So. To me, that just kind of fits a little bit better. That's what I would do. So then moving on, we have the Atomic Ant, which is, of course, Ant-Man and the Atom fused together. So, again, as you guys know, there's two different versions of Ant-Man and the Atom in both DC and Marvel. So you have, you got um Hank Pym, of course, and Scott Lang, who are the... Who are the um, Wears of the Ant-Man suit. And then, of course, you have Ray Palmer and Ryan Choi, who are the wearers of the um, Adam suit. So you got Dr. Henry Palmer, and then you got Ryan Lang. So it's a fusion of Hank Pym and Ray Palmer, and, of course, Ryan Choi and Scott Lang. So, again, that just those are just two of the similar, very similar characters that come together to become a whole new character. So that's pretty much how that works. Next, we have the Iron Claw. Now, originally... I had thought about combining, well, before I begin, you know, the Iron Claw is a combination of Bronze Tiger and Iron Fist. Now, originally, I combined Bronze Tiger with the Black Panther, but think I thought about it and I realized that their backstories kind of don't don't match up too well. I figured who else would match up with Bronze Tiger, and I and ideally. I figured the Iron Fist would kind of match up with um, Bronze Tiger a lot better. Now, most of you guys should probably notice that the Bronze Tiger is really more of an... He's not so he's not so much a bad guy, but he's not so much... He's kind of like an anti-hero. You know, he's kind of, he kind of does good things, but, you know, 
on his own terms. He's not so much of a criminal, even though Arrow kind of portrayed him that way, at least in the beginning. But, you know, later seasons, they kind of fixed up Bronze Tiger's um, affiliation and stuff like that. So we got Daniel Benjamin Turner. You know, so, of course, Danny Rand is the answer. So we got Daniel Benjamin Turner. So essentially, much like the Iron Fist, you know, he traveled around learning different forms of martial arts. And of course, instead of def defeating an ancient dragon, he defeats an ancient tiger. So that's it. That's, and he's given the powers of the Iron Claw. So how just how Danny Rand has the Iron Fist. You know, when he balls the fist up and he charges the key up and he can use it. This time he has the iron claws. So it's like tiger claws that come out. So to me, that, that, that kind of fit a little bit better to combine, you know, iron fist and bronze tiger together. So we got the iron claw. Next up, we have the Black Widow. Now we have Natasha Romanoff, who is the Black Widow. But I dipped into the CW universe and I looked at Alex Danvers. Alex Danvers is Supergirl's um, basically adopted sister. And they've done a lot with Alex Danvers within the, like, the past two or three seasons or so. So I figured she would make a pretty good, she would be a good logical choice to fuse with um, Natasha Romanoff to become, you know, the Black Widow. You know, she works for the um, DEO. Which was like it's just it's, it's almost like I guess the CW version of Shield, kind of sort of, you know that I guess that's the best way you can look at it. That the DEO is kind of like the um DC CW's universe of the of Shield. So making her Black Widow, cause she kind of she kind of moves like Black Widow in the series anyway. So that kind of just worked out. So I figured why don't we just combine it? So we got Natasha Alexandra. Danvers. That's what we got. So that's what we have for Black Widow. Um, for Black Cat, of course, no-brainer, we have Selena Kyle and Felicia Hardy. So we just combine those two together, and we got Felicia Kyle. That that just makes sense. They're two, they're two both feline cat burglars. That's, 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 that, come on, people. That, that, that just makes sense. Um, so now we, now we have the Crimson Soldier. This was an interesting one to pull off because, as we all know, Bucky Barnes is, um, at least in the MCU, he is um, Steve Rogers' childhood friend who ends up becoming the Winter Soldier. In the comic books, Bucky Barnes was essentially Captain America's sidekick. Um, so what I did was I cre I can I fused um Bucky Barnes with um Superboy. I can I, I merged him with Superboy. Now, I'm not talking about like, yeah, well, yeah, I am talking about Connor Kent. The um, Connor Kent, which is essentially a clone of Superboy, Superman, and Lex Luthor. He's combined with the DNA of Superman and Lex Luthor. So it be it pretty much be the same thing. So the enemy, of course, which I will get to in a minute, takes the DNA of Superman and then basically injects it into Bucky Barnes and he. Or James Buchanan Kent. So he goes by the name James Buchanan Kent. And Bucky Barnes is just a name. He's just an alias that he uses as the Crimson Soldier. So instead of being the Winter Soldier, he becomes the Crimson Soldier. So it becomes red. So that's what I did with the um with um Winter Soldier. I created the Crimson Soldier. So now we have the um 
the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I don't think I ever gave these guys an actual name, but um, so I combined Lobo and Rocket Raccoon because, come on now, they're both gun-toting, foul-mouthed creatures from space. That just makes sense. Um, we have Giant Gamora, which is basically Gamora and Big Barda fused together. To me, that kind of makes the most sense because if we look at it, Thanos and Darkseid are pretty much the same characters. You know, you have Apocalypse and you have the New Gods, which is, um, you have High Father, you know, all those characters. We have, um, Killadrax. Um, this one was, was interesting because originally I've... I threw Killadrax with this combination of Drax and Kilowog. I threw them together, so in this instance, you know, Killadrax is a person who was a part of the Emerald Nova Corps but decided to leave and join up with these guys. Then you have Miracle Star, which is um a combination of Mr. Miracle and you know Peter Quill. So we have Scott Quill, who was Miracle Star, so Miracle Mr. Miracle and Star Lord fused together. Um we have the character known as Vengeance, who is Frank Castle, and he's still going to be Frank Castle. Now, Vigilante is a character from the DC Universe who's had multiple people portray that character. So, in this instance, Frank Castle, instead of just becoming the Punisher, he just becomes Vengeance. So, he's just, he's pretty much going to be the same, you know, just with the added bonus of a couple of iterations of Vigilante thrown in there. So, that's pretty much what I did. We have Platinum Wings. Platinum Wings is a combination of John Henry Irons and Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson is, of course, you know, Falcon. And then John Henry Irons is the man known as Steel, who became Steel after the supposed death of Superman. So I combined those two together. So you got the combination of Falcon and Steel mixed together. And then I suppose just looking completely like Superman, you know, he still has wings. Um, so as opposed, so as a, he'll still have wings as opposed to a cape, but he still kind of has like the, like the big sledgehammer. He still carries that around, but it also can be double as a gun. So I gave him, yeah, platinum wings kind of just made sense to me. So now we have the red flame. Now, this was an interesting one because we have, this is a combination of course of Johnny Blaze and Jason Todd. Now, of course, we all know Jason Todd you know, who was a Robin ended up becoming the Red Hood. But I wanted to throw in a little twist because in most iterations, Jason Todd comes back via the Lazarus Pit, so he's brought back to life. So I threw in the extra added addition. What if after he died, you know, his, you know, I don't know, maybe he is in hell or, or maybe he is visited by... Or maybe even when he dies, or maybe like after he comes back from the Lazarus pit, he is visited by Mephisto, the devil. And the devil promises to restore him back to his normal self, you know. Because as we all know, once you've awakened from the Lazarus pit, you don't come, you don't quite come back out the same. You know, you come out with pieces of you missing, you know. The comic books have shown this. The um, TV shows have shown this, you know, with the whole bloodless thing after you come in from the Lazarus Pit and it takes a while for you to um, get that under control. Um, so I figure 
you know, maybe it's a thing where the devil, you know, comes to Jason Todd and he tells him, listen, I can restore you to your normal self mentally, but you have to agree to become my writer. So essentially, Johnny, you know, Johnny Todd, I know it's kind of a wild name, Johnny Todd decides to become um, the devil's, you know, bounty hunter, essentially, and he becomes the Red Flame. So, you know, of course, he's riding a motorcycle. He has his two guns and things like that. I just thought it would be cool. I just thought it would be cool. Whereas opposed to, you know, how Tim Drake and on... Damn, I'm forgetting the back on it. Um, Dick Grayson, they become brand new superheroes, Spider-Man-like superheroes. What if Jason Todd becomes the new Ghost Rider? So he becomes the Red Flame. You know, still moves the way he does. And he's able to get things done the way Jason Todd does. But now he has the added powers of being the spirit of vengeance. So, to me, that kind of made sense. It kind of fits very well. So next we have Nubian Storm, which was, again... I see why they combined Wonder Woman and Storm before, but this time I just changed it up. So now we have Nubia and Storm combined. So now it's Aurora of Themyscira, who is Nubian Storm. So she has the added bonus of having, you know, Storm, her, her weather controlling powers mixed with being, excuse me, as strong as, a Themis, as, strong as a Amazon. So she's an Amazon with storm power. So to me, and it makes sense because of course both Nubia and Storm are African American are black are black characters. So to me, that just makes more sense for Storm to be merged with Nubia as opposed to being merged with Wonder Woman. Next we have the Flying Fox, which is of course a combination of Loot Fox and James Rhodes. You can you can throw on Lucius Fox, you know, maybe, but normally Lucius Fox is a bit older in you know the Batman universe. So I went with his son Luke Fox, who does become Batwing, and um during the New Fifty Two, but again, much like how Rhodes became War Machine, is pretty much the same thing. You know, the Flying Fox is basically an armored version of Batwing, Batwing, and, and it actually wouldn't be no different because Batwing's suit is pretty much no different from an armored suit. So to me, that just makes sense to combine, you know, James Rhodes and Luke Fox. So we got Luke Rhodes, the Flying Fox. And then the last hero we're going to talk about is the Crimson Witch. This was kind of hard to put together, but I figured we'd go with Wanda Maximoff and Iris West and create Iris West Maximoff, the Crimson Witch. Now, in most iterations, nothing happens with Iris West at all. Not in the series, not in the comic books, nothing. She's just... um. Barry Allen's love interest or wife or girlfriend. Um, and I know more. I know usually Wanda is paired off with the Vision in Marvel in the Marvel universe, but I figured why not keep these two? If they can't be brother and sister, they can at least be married or something like that. So, or at least, yeah, they they can at least be married or something. So, or if you want to go like the TV show route where they start out as like you know step siblings or something like that. You know, Iris West is, you know, Iris West Maximoff has the powers of the Scarlet Witch, so she becomes a Crimson Witch. So that's pretty much how that goes. All right, so now we're going to jump down to the villains. Now, these should be interesting. Some of them were kind of pretty cut and dry, but some of them I thought were pretty interesting combinations, if I do say so myself. So 
We're going to start off with the skull, which is a combination of Johann Schmidt and Lex Luthor. So as a now they did this, I believe, in the original Malcolm comics. Um, they called him the Green Skull. So it was essentially the Red Skull with the green head. So it was like a kryptonite type head. So I pretty much kept the same thing. I just didn't call him the Green Skull. I'm just calling him the Skull. So Johann Alexander Luther is the Skull. He's just lived for so long. So that's why he still continues to be a pain in the ass for the Super Soldier. I had originally combined Wade Wilson and Slade Wilson together to become, you know, Death to become Deathpool. Because, as we all know, Deadpool and Deathstroke are practically almost the same character. But I took it a little bit differently, so I changed it up. So now we have the Killing Joke, which is basically a combination of the Joker and Deadpool. So it was Wade Wilson and the Joker combined into one character who is known as the Killing Joke. Now, in most instances, Deadpool is an anti-hero, vigilante, something like that. But uh, oftentimes, he can be considered a villain. So, I figured what better way to... Now, I know this kind of has nothing to do with the Iron Bat because Wade Wilson or Deadpool has no real interactions with Iron Man or anything like that. But I wanted the thought these two together because to me, it would make a pretty... It would be a pretty interesting combination to have the Joker as a, I mean, he already is a gun-happy psychopathic killer. I mean, the same could be said about Wade Wilson, but at least Wade Wilson has a wherewithal about, you know, the outside world break, always breaking a fourth wall. So I figure it would be interesting to see a Jokerized version of Deadpool breaking a fourth wall and doing all the crazy things he's done. I mean, imagine... An Iron Bat who laughs. Who is a Jokerized version of Bruce Bruce Stark? That would be insane to think about. That would just be insane. So, and I gave the name the Killing Joke because it just makes sense. You know, Wade Wilson is always cracking jokes. The Joker is the Joker. So, having a name the Killing Joke would just be j j that just makes sense. It, ju it just just makes sense to me. We have the Mandarin Demon, which is Ra's al Ghul and the Mandarin fused together. To me, that that just that just explains itself. It, it really does. It really just explains itself. I don't, I don't think I really need to go into further than that. The Mandarin Demon, Ra's al Ghul and the Mandarin, that's it. We have the God of War, which is just a God of War. So that's, that's that. There's nothing else to do from that. We have the Man Creature, which is a combination of Kurt Connors and Kurt Langstrom. So we have Dr. Connor Langstrom. Now, in... Of course, we all know Kirk Connors becomes the lizard in Spider-Man and Kurt Langstrom becomes the man-bat in the Batman universe. So combine those two, you know, they don't necessarily have to turn into a bat. You know, they can turn into some type of flying creature of some sort. So to me, that kind of makes sense. That just makes sense to put those two together. Next, we have... I, uh, this is probably the first villain that I actually came up with because I just think it would be so awesome to see this combination. So I fused Doctor Octopus or Doc Ock with Doctor with um, Mister Freeze. So we have Doctor Icicle. So that's what I'm calling it, Doctor Icicle. So it's Doctor Otto Freeze, which is a combination of Otto Octavius and Victor Freeze. In in many instances, especially with the Spider-Man game for PS4, you know they wrote. 
Doc Ock as kind of like a tragic, as a tragic villain, like much like Spider-Man 2 did with him. He was a tragic um, villain. He wasn't really, he didn't start out as a bad guy. He just became that way after being fused to his mechanical arms. So in this instance, you know, Otto Freeze is trying to find a cure for his wife. You know, he's still trying to find a cure for his wife. So he developed the arm tentacles to handle, you know, a lot of these things because he's getting older. You know, a freak accident happens where the arms, the arms still get fused to his body through an ice accident. So in order for them to constantly continue to move, they have to be in sub-zero temperatures and things like that. I, I just thought it would be a cool thing to see. May or maybe he retrofits his arms later on so they can shoot ice beams and stuff. You know, they can handle a lot of the things that Doc Ogg can't handle himself. I, I would I, I would just love to see that combination of characters put together. You know, Doc Ogg and Mr. Freeze put together. I'd love to see that. And, of course, Dr. Doc, Dr. Icicle is a name I came up with. You know, so, boom. So now we have deathmaster and this is where and this is where i found a combination for slade wilson so slade wilson and anthony masters fused together to become slade masters slade wilson is of course deathstroke anthony masters is taskmaster i figured this would be a better fit with slade wilson to be combined with someone who can pick up on anyone's skill based on photographic memory deathstroke is probably one of the greatest you know, mercenaries in the world. The greatest He's one of the greatest assassins in the world. To team, to can be combined with someone who can learn someone's ability just by looking at them. That would create an even deadlier Deathstroke. So that's why I gave him the name Deathmaster. I thought it was a little cute. I thought it was cute. Thank you. So now we we infuse Elektra and Talia Agul. So we fuse those two together. So. Electra, of course, is the daughter of I'm, I'm forgetting her father's name, and then of course Talia Agul is the daughter of Rachel Agul, the one who's been after Batman's heart and actually ends up giving birth to his son Damian Wayne. Those two fused together just kind of makes sense to me because Electra, she's a really great assassin. Of course, Talia Agul is the daughter of the demon. Who was the head of the League of League of Assassins? That to me, that just kind of made sense for that to happen. <laughs> Next, we have Doctor Savage, which is a combination of Vandal Savage and Victor Von Doom. I combined these two because, granted, Vandal Savage is a character who is essentially immortal. He's lived. He's he's originally a caveman who gained higher intelligence and essentially lived throughout all the major events in the world. And Victor Von Doom, the leader of Latveria. Okay, he has his own technology. He's very technologically sound. Combining these two together would just make the most sense. So Vandal Von Doom, and of course he would have the name Doctor Savage. You know, maybe he has his own home, own set of armored apparel, things like that. So to me, that just makes sense. Um, next we have Harley Quinn and Gwenpool. Fuse those two together because that just makes most sense. So we got Harley Gwen. You know, it's a combination of you know, Harley Quinn and Deadpool. So, much like Harley Quinn's backstory, Dr. Harley Quinzel is a doctor who was 
looking after the Joker, trying to rehabilitate him, rehabilitate, rehabilitate him, but ended up falling in love with him. You know, he is, she essentially devotes herself to the Joker and becoming his girlfriend and later on his punching bag. And I pretty much kept the same thing. So Harley Quinn, you know, or Harley Gwen or Harley Quinn, whatever. Um, she's someone who was looking after Wade Wilson after the thing, after the experiment that turned him into, the, you know, Deadpool. And she ended up becoming infatuated with him and pretty much modeled herself after him. So that's when she became Harley Gwen Gwenpool. To me, that just makes the most sense. This I already talked about before. This was actually another one from the oh, excuse me. This is actually another one from the Amalgam universe that made the most sense. Fusing Thanos and Darkseid to create Thanos side. That just goes without saying. That's pretty self-explanatory. Don't really need to go into that one too much. Next, um, this is actually another one I believe was created from the Amalgam Universe too. In the Amalgam Universe, they were called Galactiac. So here I'm just gonna call them Brainius. So it's a is a is a combination of Galactus and Brainiac. Of course, Galactus, as we know, is the eater of worlds. He travels from galaxy to galaxy and consuming planets, and then he moves on. Brainiac is, of course, a collector of worlds. He travels from galaxy to galaxy, collecting you know, collecting worlds that he feels are beneficial to adding to his knowledge, and then he destroys the remainder. So, to me, adding these two would be the would be the most logical thing to do, Brainiac and Galactus, you know. So instead of just being the eater of worlds, he becomes the eater of knowledge. So that's what he does. <laughs> so for some reason, the Amalgam Universe fused Doomsday and Doctor Doom together. Why? I have no honest idea why that was ever a thing. It didn't make sense to me. Um, but I figured I'd come up with a better solution. Um, Doomsday is, of course, a product of Krypton Kryptonian um, experimentation where they took a Kryptonian and they repeatedly kill him in hopes of learning how that child can become comes back and becomes stronger. So... I took Doomsday and I combined them with the Venom symbiote. So maybe what if it's a thing where the only reason why Doomsday was coming back to life was because the Venom symbiote was a part of it. So I figured maybe anyone and and and, and it also came from the idea of the fact that um later on in the DC Comics universe they created something which is called the Doomsday virus. Anyone who becomes infected with the Doomsday virus essentially turns into Doomsday. So what if we combine the Doomsday... So essentially, it's the Doomsday virus combined with the Venom symbiote to become venomous. So anyone who becomes comes into contact with the Venom Doomsday symbiote becomes a, excuse me, a venomized version of Doomsday. Would you... I mean, think about seeing something like that and trying to battle something like that. It, it would just be completely insane. <laughs> completely insane so i fused venom and doomsday together so we created venomous next we have craven the cheetah so i took an interesting turn this one so i create so i fused barbara minerva who is the cheetah 
and fused her with Sergei Kravenov, which is Craven the Hunter. So Minerva Kravenov, you know, is always always on the hunt for a big game. She makes a deal with, you know, the hunting goddess and becomes a cheetah. So I figured Craven the Cheetah would probably be a better fit because they're both always big into hunting. So, yeah, that's kind of what I did. <laughs> Next up, we have the Crime Lord. So, I fused Wilson Fisk with Maxwell Lord. Because behind Lex Luthor, Maxwell Lord is one of the other biggest villains in the um, DC Universe. Wilson Fisk is one of the biggest Crime Lords in the Marvel Universe. So, I fused the two together. So, we have Wilson Lord, who is the Crime Lord. You know, who's... Who on the front seems like a very stand-up guy, but on the back end is one of the biggest criminals in the universe. So, that's what I did. And then the last thing we have is Nicolette Fury, which is a fusion of Nick Fury and Amanda Waller. Now, technically speaking, Nick Fury is far from a villain. And Amanda Waller isn't really a villain. She's more of an... <clears throat> I guess you could kind of say she's an anti-hero. Kind of, sort of. But... You know, I few those two together because, you know, Nick Fury is, of course, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Amanda Waller creates the Suicide Squad. And, you know, she's in charge of Task Force X and Argus, both of which are kind of the same thing. So we have Nicolette Fury, who is the um, leader of, you know, Argus, S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And she does a few, she does a lot of things under questionable circumstances. A lot of people don't really know where her allegiances lie. Things like that. And that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. That's pretty much what I got. Um, so just a quick rundown. Super Soldier, which is Captain Steve Joseph Kent. The Iron Bat, which is Bruce Edward Stark. Marvelous Wonder, which is Carol of Themyscira. The Emerald Nova Corps. Silver Streak, which is Bartholomew Allen Maximoff or Barry Maximoff. You have the Aquamariner, which is Namor Curry. Cyborg or Powerboard, which is Lucas Stone. The Azure Icon, which is Augustus Brashear. Nightcrawler, which is Peter Benjamin Grayson. Slinger, Timothy Morales. Iron Huntress, Helena Morgan Stark. Doctor Strange Fate, Doctor Kent Strange. Sparrow, which is Clinton Queen. The Avatar, which is Doctor Alec David Salas. Thor, who is Billy Batson, of course. <laughs> the Atomic Ant, which is either Doctor Henry Palmer or Ryan Lang. The Iron Claw, which is Daniel Benjamin Turner. The Black Widow is Natasha Alexandra Danvers. Black Cat, which is Felicia Kyle. The Crimson Soldier, which is Bucky Barnes or James Kent. You have Logo, Logo, Lobo Raccoon, Giant Gamora, Killer Drags, and the Miracle Star. You have Vengeance, which is Frank Castle. Platinum Wings, which is John Henry Wilson. You have the Red Flame, which is Johnny Todd. The Nubian Stone, which is Aurora of Themyscira. You have Flying Fox, which is Luke Rhodes, and Crimson Witch, which is Iris West Maximoff. You have The Skull, which is Johan Alexander Luther. The Killing Joke, which is Wade Wilson. The Mandarin Demon, which is Rachel Ghoul. The God of War. The Man Creature, which is Dr. Connor Langstrom. Dr. Icicle, which is Dr. Otto Freeze. Deathmaster, Death Master, which is Slade Masters. Electra Al Ghoul. Dr. Savage, which is Vandal Von Doom. Harley Gwynn, which is Harleen Quinzel. Or Harleen, Harleen Quinn Stacy. 
You have Thanoside, you have Brainius, you have Venomous, you have Craven the Cheetah, which is Minerva Cravenoff, you have the Crime Lord, which is Wilson Lord, and then you have Nicolette Fury. And those are all the characters that I could throw at the moment for a new Amalgam Universe redo. If there's any one of these that you really liked, let me know. If there's anyone that you would have combined differently, let me know that also. Let me know some of your ideas on a new on a new Amalgam Universe redo character. I'm very much interested to hear what you guys have to say. Or whatever guys thoughts you have on the Amalgam Universe in general. I'd definitely love to hear from you guys. Definitely post your comments. You know, post your questions. Leave a like. Leave a um, share, share this. Subscribe or favorite this show. Definitely um, continue to watch. And I will be back with another exciting episode for the Dreadlock Blur Talk. I am out, guys. Peace.